Hey, hi, hello, how are you? And welcome back to Watch It Again, the podcast where we go through 101 movies to see before you die. As always, I am your host, Jacob, and with me are... I'm Kat. And I'm James. And again, there's no Nick. Oh, well, let's move on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Ha, ha. We miss miss you. you. Come back soon. We almost had a replacement for you, but then he didn't watch the movie, so... So, unlucky, (laughs) bud. (laughs) Um, So, this week it is um, back to my turn. Indeed. Woo. Yeah. Even though I did the little one last week, but we went through everyone, so it's me again. Well, I mean, I did I did Dead Poets and then last yeah, week Yeah, you got to do well, two in so a row as well. Unlucky cat. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I picked, as you can tell by the title, Raging Bull from um, 1980. It's uh, directed by Martin Scorsese and stars Robert De Niro. Shocking combo yeah. there. I know. What, what a surprise. Like, and it's got Joe, Joey Pesci in it too. Like, oh my God. Is there, there's at least three on the list that are Scorsese and De Niro, if not. Yeah. yeah. Taxi Driver, it. this one, and Goodfellas. Good yeah. yeah. And Joey Pesci's in two of the, these <laughs> films. <laughs> He yeah. has his actors that he likes. Yes, the little gang. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to, before I go into anything, I just want an overall beginning view from you two of what you thought on this film. Well, I, when you picked this, for some reason I thought it was from the 20s and I, because I knew nothing about it mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, it's going to be some sort of cowboy <laughs> wrangling movie, you know, Raging <laughs> Bull, all that. <laughs> and then I sat down and... Robert De Niro walked on and I was like, oh, hi. Because it is in black and white <laughs> too. Yeah, so you and been it, like, it was oh, in black no. and white yeah. and I was like, okay, here we go. Just in for the long – and I saw it was like over two hours and I was yeah, like, oh, okay, fuck. here we go. Um, but no, I – like it was a bit – compared to Scorsese's other movies, like even they're a bit more slow paced because obviously they go for much longer. But yeah. I found that this was quite slow it, and yeah. I – Definitely, compared to his other stuff that we've watched, I don't enjoy it as much. But I did really enjoy it. I don't mind boxing movies and that kind of thing. And I liked that it was based on a true story. So it wasn't so outlandish that he won all those ones in a row and all that. Yeah, he wasn't just the fake hero. It was like just some dude that was out there punching people. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I didn't mind it. Just to clarify, Kat, you you don't like it as much as other Scorsese ones, but you still like it overall. Yeah, I like it overall, but like, I, yeah, I'll I'll save that. Com- I'll save my next okay. comment that, for okay. the end. That's fair, <laughs> James. Um, I there were parts of this that I enjoyed, um, but it, I, I this movie may be uncomfortable. The fact that it's based on a true story is a bit nicer because, okay, like he has to base it on what's happened. But yeah. I can't say I was greatly keen on it. It's definitely not my full favourite Scorsese for sure. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now Jacob's going to tell us this was his favourite movie of, of all, all time. time. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Um, so I guess I can start with it won the Academy Awards for Best Actor, so De Niro, and it also won uh, Best Film Editing, um, so that was Thelma Schoonmaker, who's a long-time partner, like like film producing, well, editing partner of Scorsese, and um, De Niro also won the Golden Globe for Best Actor. Um, it was mainly shot, it's mostly black or white, except for a couple little, like, 
bits in the middle. There's a bit of a um. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Trying really hard not to sneeze. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of little color bits in the middle with like a little home like video. Yeah. yeah, but those rest of it's in black and white. And Scorsese did this mostly to capture the time period it's set because it kind of goes through the 1940s and then into the 50s. Even though it was made in 1980, he kind of did it as Scorsese does to reflect the period. Yeah. He yeah. just didn't want to colour grade. <laughs> yeah. And um It does look really good in black and white. Yeah, it does. And fair. throughout the boxing matches to make the blood stand out, it's not what was normally used as fake blood in films because in black and white, that standard Hollywood fake blood that's, you know, been used since then to now doesn't come up as dark mm. as you'd hope. So it was actually Hershey's chocolate sauce. Oh, there you go. Is in place of all the blood to make it look that really dark, rich, like black. Mm. Uh, I've heard in um like old black and white, like old old black and white movies, mm. they um put blue lipstick on the women because yeah. it made their lips darker. Yeah. Rather than a red lipstick. Yeah. Because the red doesn't like it being the yeah, white. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't show yeah. up as you much. Don't get that deep like yeah. contrast to the skin. And it makes mm. sense anyway. Like you see some movies that use like the the almost like bright red blood, and you're just like, have you guys never been cut? This is not what blood looks yeah. like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like getting closer to like a ready brown rather than yeah. everyone yeah. says like red like blood, but blood is not even that red. Yeah, no. just a little off. <laughs> just um, hair everywhere. Sorry. <laughs> so, I guess I could. Um, so De Niro entered three boxing, like real life boxing matches in preparation for this film. So he trained really hard to look like a boxer, but also to understand what he would have to do in the ring when they were filming. So he won two of three of those boxing matches. Oh, my gosh. Um, the boxing matches themselves only take up around 10 minutes of screen time of the entire film, but took yeah, six weeks right. to shoot just those because oh. they wanted to get them right. And yeah. there was yeah. different angles they had to do, like... So it was a long process of filming those. Um, but before all that happened, it was De Niro who approached Scorsese asking him to direct. So it was like De Niro's passion project that he wanted to do this film and he thought the only one that could do it was Scorsese. De Niro didn't write it, did he? It was... No. Um, It's based on a book, wasn't it? Or was it based on a... I've got it here. It was based on real events. Was there a book first? I don't know if the guy who it's based on wrote a book about it. Hold on. Doesn't paint him in a very good line. My True. <laughs> remote internet, well, like my 3G, 4G does not oh, compute. Yeah. Do you want to use my phone? Sure. Well, <laughs> while, while you're doing that, oh, thank you. Um, oh, I spelled that wrong. Um, so Scorsese initially refused after he had recently almost died from a cocaine overdose. Oh, shit. Um, I guess it was the 70s. Yeah, and um, so De Niro kind of persisted with it and eventually convinced him because De Niro wanted to help him get back to work, get back on his feet and kind of help recover him from this addiction. And um, it was later on that Scorsese said by that De Niro saved his life by getting him to do this because Scorsese honestly believed that if he hadn't directed this film and continued down the path that he was on, he would have died in that year wow. or the next. Oh, gosh. And it was like De Niro like kind of got him back. Um, Thank you, De Niro. On track, um, it was screenplay was by Paul Schrader and Mardik Martin. Okay, so De Niro um, got it first, wanted to act in it, and was like, 
Martin, yeah, and, please. Yeah, direct and this. then wanted Martin Scorsese to direct it. Um, so Jake Lamota, who is the main character of this film, the real life person, was initially shocked when he watched the film, and he he said in an interview that it was the first time that he realized that he was actually a bad person <laughs> and had done these things. And supposedly oh he God. asked his ex wife. Was he really like that? And her reply was, you were a lot worse. Well, I can imagine they'd have to tone it down. Yeah, so like it was kind of like, a like you know, a moment of self-epiphany watching this film of, holy shit, I'm a horrible human that's, being. That's really interesting because yeah. this, that like type of person, you, you even see it early, they never have that kind of self-reflection. Like when yeah. he's mm. yelling out the window and his, bro- and, and his brother's like, like you know, you're being an asshole. And he's like, no, you're, your mother's an asshole. You're, yeah. And, and yeah. like, it seems like they never have any self-reflection of I could be doing bad things. So yeah. that's interesting that the movie woke him up to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a Vanity Fair article that I'm kind of just going to skim through here a bit because it kind of captures, like it's all, it's called um, Brutal Attraction, The Making of Raging Bull. And it's kind of, Vanity Fair, I've got a lot of information from their yeah. like movie synopsises and that kind of thing. They're really good. There is some like really good articles and stuff on like mm. some of the films we've done. So I'm yeah. kind of just gonna scoot through. But like at the time in the late seventies, no one could understand what the actor like um, De Niro saw in the life story of Jake LaMotta, the brutal yet curiously um, masonistic middleweight boxing champion from um, who may have been bull-like in the ring, but was often more raving than um right raving than raging when he was just trying to live his life. Um, so it kind of, where are we? It highlights that De Niro wanted to showcase what the motor was like. Like he, he was kind of captivated by this man who just was almost unstoppable in the ring, but there was almost an unstoppable force outside of the ring yeah and found it such an interesting story of like how did this uh, essentially say absolute psycho yeah that's fair like yeah what was his life like because he was the boxing champion so like there is a story in there that's like i suppose you could say public interest because he was a high profile boxer Mm -hmm. in america at this time and he was just beating everyone and you see in the boxing fights in the movie like they just He's just pumping it. people yeah. and people don't want to fight him again and like except for one particular person who he mm-hmm. keeps fighting over and over again and eventually loses it all to and that's kind of it. Um, so at the point in 1978, Scorsese and De Niro were in the, um, well in um, De Niro's words, like brothers. As adolescents they had um, nodding acquaintances when they were members of rival Lower East Side gangs as adults, they made Mean Streets, Taxi Driver, and New York, New York together. By now, they were capable of finishing each other's sentences, though sometimes there were no sentences to finish. They could communicate with nods, gestures, and fleeting facial expressions. So at this point, like De Niro and Scorsese are almost inseparable. Pretty good mates. Yeah, they're, they're doing everything together. And it, like, it shows through like, this whole time period of them making movies together, like they are. If one of them does something, the other one is, is involved. Yeah. Like, if Scorsese's directing a film, De, Niro De Niro's in it. I honestly yeah. think, though, too, they bring out the best in each other, especially in those earlier films. Like, I've seen De Niro in other things, and it's just a very 
different, like, way he... I don't know. I feel like he acts differently for for different directors. Yeah. And, like, obviously Scorsese's... I haven't actually seen anything by Scorsese that doesn't have De Niro in it. So I I can't really comment on his movie direction, like, without De Niro, but yeah. Um, So they were not, however, communicating very well over the proposed film's source material. Raging Bull, My Story, an autobiography by LaMota, um, who had cobbled together with help of writer Joseph Carter, a boyhood friend of Peter Savage. So Savage was an acquaintance of De Niro's, and had sent him a copy of the uh, had sent a copy, and the actor somehow perceived subtext, maybe in even sort of rough sublimity in it. So the book that like it, like the autobiography wasn't considered much of an autobiography, and it wasn't considered much of a book at all. Mm. It wasn't like anything special, but De Niro had been sent a copy, and it kind of captivated him in this story, and he wanted to like oh. There's more to this, and there's something to this that we can make. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Just like to add quickly, I, I tried looking up Scorsese films without Robert De Niro, and there's nothing. But it, but it, it like tries to autocorrect me to with Robert De Niro. There's a million <laughs> articles about with them, and none without. Oh my gosh. Um. So at some point, De Niro resolved to meet Lamoda and sought him out at a strip club on New York 7th Avenue between 47th and 48th Streets, if you want to be really specific of where that strip <laughs> club was. If you New want York. to visit it yourself. Yeah, if you're in New York, um, between 47th and 48th on, yeah, 7th Avenue. So there you go. Um, he was in charge of security there. That's like Lamoda. Yeah. Um, yeah, not De Niro. Not De Niro. Obviously, <laughs> that'd be fucking weird. Um, De Niro says and then pauses and laughs. Well, really, he had the head. He was the head bouncer. Um, the actor's first impression was of an old fighter doing um, battle with his weight, a battle that De Niro would himself famously fight when he had to gain some sixty pounds to do films like the film's later sequences, mm. um, and then lose them after they were finished. By this time, Lamoda was truly a fringe figure. His last fight had been in 1954. He normally stayed in the public eye doing stand-up routines in clubs as well as one-man shows reciting Shakespeare, among other literary sources, for audiences who had come for the spectacle of seeing a roughneck make a fool of himself. Um, Scorsese just couldn't understand De Niro's enthusiasm for his story. So Scorsese at this point, like Scorsese just wants to like, why... Do you want to make this? Why do you want to meet this man? And as you see throughout the film, this guy's not a nice guy. This guy went to jail for not nice reasons. Like, why do you want to do this? Um, and it's not like it's not like something like Goodfellas, where they're all not they're all not Goodfellas, not nice guys, but they're like you know, famously so, they've done really bad things, really big things. This guy. He's just been a, a ve- like creepy a very fucking good, dude, a very good yeah. boxer that's also done these bad things. Yeah, he's yeah. he's like the top of the boxing like middleweight like class at the time, but he was also just a creepy, arrogant f- weirdo away from the boxing ring. Mm. Mm. And yeah, it's just very it's an interesting um, combo. Odd. Uh, I'm just scroll through. So, um, I'm just going to pad for time by making weird noises and talking to Marcel. I, I, I'm happy to pad for you. Um, K- 
Kate, you know how you said you were you thought it was going to be like a a, a cow a bull rustling um yeah like a western a yeah. cowboy i i thought something along the similar and i saw along the same lines and then before i watched it i looked it up and it's like comes up as sports drama boxing like oh it's all about boxing and then i watch it and I'm like there is very little boxing yeah. in this movie it is but at the same time it's it's just a drama it's just yeah, about it this man like predominantly the the boxing is secondary to the rest of this man's he life just, in terms of yeah what happens to be us. a boxer yeah and like if you want, it's it's a fun. It's just a really strange combination to get your head around. Like, if he wasn't a very good boxer, we wouldn't care because he's just a yeah. run of the mill, just another guy, douchebag. Yeah. But um, and yet the boxing is not the highlight, but it brings it. It brings him to the forefront of yeah. It brings attention. it all to light. Brings yeah. his life and the shitty things he's it's done. Just a to funny life. combo, which I understand why Scorsese was hesitant to be like, I don't understand why you're interested in in, in this guy. Mm. But mm. as much as I didn't... I think, too, because he was such a prominent figure, it's really interesting that he was, like, such a terrible person. Like, I mean, you hear of, like, sports stars and athletes being douchebags, but, like, Not on if someone level. did... If a sports person did something like this in this day and age, it It'd would be just done. be... Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, like, there have been things like this happen, like... At the NRL, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> um, I found what I was looking for. Excellent. Um, so, in terms of the script, um, Erwin Winkler, who was one of the producers on this, said it was a cold script. Like it was, um, Schrader had not perfected it, and there was a lot of work that had to be done before they could start filming. Um, so De Niro suggested a period of total isolation and immersion. No phones, no distractions of any kind. Um, they chose La Semana Resort on St. Martin in the Caribbean, a complex of several um, separate villas. Um, they shared one of them and installed a young assistant in another nearby. She was Glory Knowles, a recent Sarah Lawrence graduate who had worked with Scorsese's pal Brian De Palma on his early picture home movies. That's like the name it's called home movies not just on his home movies (laughs) just to clarify that um better still her grandfather had been a fighter a fight promoter in new england so she was no stranger to the boxing world she bought tons of books along to help them with research she remembers de niro rising early to run along run along the beach so he like while they were doing this and doing the preparation stuff he was training like hard to get into shape for the bulk chunk of the film yeah um, she remembers him and Scorsese talking out the script scene by scene in the mornings. She remembers Scorsese writing up the new material on yellow legal plaids in the afternoon. She remembers his handwriting was so bad, so he'd have to read some of it out to her. It was full of profanity, and he'd get embarrassed saying those words to her. <laughs> so she recalls like it was just he was reading out this all this stuff, and he was like, "Oh fuck, this girl's like in her early twenties, and I'm just." swearing and talking about this really gross sexual content to her and like Scorsese was like genuinely like I'm sorry like <laughs> that you have to hear this um after that Norris would retreat to a typewriter and De Niro and Scorsese would sometimes head out in their jeep to dinner in one of the several extremely good restaurants on the island mm. um it was total concentration Scorsese recalls everything was done and that little table with a silly cabana umbrella and we were looking out at the ocean. Everything was, um, like, sorry, 
Everything was three complete passes through the script over a period of several weeks. Um, one important thing they accomplished was to combine two characters. So from the real-life events to the movie, two people were combined into one person, mm-hmm. that being um, Lamota's brother, Joey, and his close friend, Pete Savage. So Pete Savage was essentially completely removed from the film and just Joey. merged into um, Joey's character. Another much much wrestled with aspect was um, the emotional climax. This occurs when Lamota retired from the ring and owning a nightclub in Miami is arrested on mo- a morals rap accused of providing underage girls for his customers and ultimately loses everything, his money, his club, his wife. Tossed into jail, he struggles with his guard. With his um, guards is a physically intense as anything that takes place in the boxing sequence. He finally reaches a low point of his life. Completely isolated with no place to turn, no inner resources to summon, he begins to masturbate in um, Schrader's script. That's what they like orig- like in Schrader's original script. He, once he was in the cell, he kind of just starts jerking off. But so Swayze thought that was, um, quote, interesting. <laughs> and De Niro was uh, more uh, dubious. He just couldn't think of Lamota as a, in quote, wanker. Um, but his <laughs> mechanism was um, of another matter. The actor had shown an alternative idea to Scorsese once before in New York, getting up and banging his head and his fists against the wall, a brutal act of self-punishment, but the director had been um, insufficiently focused at that time. So now on St. Martin, De Niro brought up the idea again and demonstrated it again, so De Niro got up and pretended to do it against the wall. Um, and this was another so- another kind of self-abuse um, that would kind of replace that. So he's still like, tech- like abusing himself, but just in a less fucking weird... Mm-mm. Overt way. Way, yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of how they... Much more filmable too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like it was a very interesting process behind them putting the script together and like of all people like, there's us go to an island with villas on the Caribbean and just ru- like so go nice. over the script a couple of times and we've got our assistant and we'll, we'll go out to dinner and get drunk and have some really nice food and she can just type it up and then the next morning we'll go through it again. And it's like, yep, sick. But like, of all, like, let's go to the Caribbean. It's fine. Like, like we've done like other movies where people just locked themselves in the motel down the road, or like, there's yeah, nothing. Went to like, yeah, this is Scorsese and De Niro. They Scorsese and you're like, to. let's go to the Caribbean, baby. Like, <laughs> sorry, what? <laughs> like, why can't we do that? Um, <laughs> let's do it. Let's record a podcast. I mean, yeah, Caribbean. let's just go to the Caribbean to record this. Um, so much of the film was shot on New York streets, but the fight sequences were done in Los Angeles in an old Olympic auditorium. And on a soundstage at which is now known as Culver Studios. Um, most of the extras playing the spectators were recruited from what he calls Midnight Missions, which um, they were bust in from, so like retirement homes and around town. And they're, yeah, so there's those kind of like going out to like different places and just picking them up off the streets or calling out to like, uh, like just. Retirement and stuff, just to get people to come in and sit there, <laughs> and be the crowd. Cool. Because interesting. Yeah. Um, why not? I guess. Didn't want to go through any normal extra channels. No. <laughs> um, so I guess that's probably like a little bit of it, like background on putting the movie together. I guess yeah. we kind of go through the actual um, story. It's. 
itself, yep. because I guess that's why we're here to talk about what happens <laughs> in it. Just kind of. Just kind of. Um, Somewhat relevant to discussing the movie. Yeah, so I guess it follows the story of, like as we've been saying, Jake LaMotta, who was a prized champion middleweight um, boxer from the mid-1940s to the early 50s and his struggles in and out of the ring. Um, when the movie opens, he's kind of up and coming. So w- he watched, would he have been like 70, 80 when he watched the movie? and Had the realisation? I just, I just, I just realised the... the the be 40 years later, so he'd probably be, yeah, like in his 70s. That would be an interesting realisation to have at 70s. Yeah, man, like six, late 60s, early 70s. I was a douchebag. <laughs> um, Sorry, go on. Because he would have been in his twi- like 20s to 30s. When he was fighting. From the 40s, yeah. So he would have been like, been like late, maybe late 20s, early 30s when his career finished. So he's got to be at least 60. And then in the 50s, he probably would have been like in his 40s. Well, De Niro was 37. Yeah. So I think De Niro might have been a bit older then. Yeah. So as you could Google when Jake LaMotta was born and we'll just figure it out. But just to say, he's yeah. at least 60 when he yeah. sees that, which is um, just adds a bit more so to that So when the movie revelation. starts, he's married. He's um, up and coming, but his wife doesn't really like him that much because he's always going out and doing stuff. And and he doesn't really like her that much. No, either. there's not much love lost in that place. Um so then he meets a young woman, and when we say young woman, she's fucking fifteen. Um, yep. And they, a girl, yes, a child. And um, they start a relationship, and then he leaves his wife, and then a couple of years go by, and she he marries this. He marries I suppose her you could 19. say, Five yeah, years, now yeah. young Five woman. So she's 20, twenty years old, which is how old the actress married. actually yeah. is. So sh- he was twenty. Uh, what he year was, born was he born? in 1922. Okay, so when the movie starts, he's about 22 years old. Yeah. And when it ends, he's 29. No, he'd be 34 in 56 when he gets arrested. Yeah, he'd be yeah. 34. Yeah, so. Yeah. So when then in, what, 24 years later, he'd be 58 when the movie comes out. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. okay. Mm. There we go. Still pretty old. Maths is done. Bit of, bit of maths <laughs> for this podcast. It's done for the week. <laughs> James, oh, that was maths brought to you by Kat. Not even maths brought to you by James <laughs> like last week. Um, um, so just to just to compare this, because it, it was difficult for me getting over the, like they really didn't, they just go, oh yeah, she's she's just she's just 15. And then they talk no about. One, yeah, no like, one Like bats an eyelid. And it's like, sorry. Now, now that I've heard that, that the real, that at least... The real guy was meant to be 22 at this time. Not that that makes it remotely okay, but that makes more sense than 37-year-old De Niro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, being like this, and, and I thought there until, would be a math. I thought there would be like 15, 20 years between them because that's what like yeah. there's 17 years between the actors' ages, yeah. but yeah. seven years between the characters. But still, they just blow off this whole thing and have just she's just 15 and you have this whole thing of him. Yep. Dating her and then it's like fine. almost sex scenes and I so uncomfortable. Well, yeah. I really struggled to get through it. Yeah. So, and, and he kind of continues his boxing and tensions start to rise as the years go by. And then we find out that she's fucked the whole street and um, fucked his brother and fucked their mates and she's just fucked everyone. And he doesn't. He's not too happy about that. So he goes to his brother's house and he's. Beats the shit out of him and then he knocks her out and then she's going to leave him but then 
she doesn't and then the boxing continues and then he eventually loses and retires and they move to Miami and then she's actually going to leave him because she's been planning it since he retired and then so she actually does leave him and then he gets arrested for trafficking underage women to his customers at his club and then he goes to jail and then the movie ends. That synopsis got really quick, really fast. <laughs> I mean, within the film itself, nothing like there's a. Nothing I feel like there's really a, happens for a yeah. two-hour movie. It's there's nothing not a really lot happens. Of events. Yeah. There's like twenty minutes between like notable things, and it's just kind of twenty minutes of conversational padding of in between. Yeah, it's not as like. Yeah, it's not a very yeah. full movie. Like a if, lot could be cut out. Mm. And you wouldn't notice. I think that's a fair comment. Yeah, it. I don't know. It's um. What's the word for it? The, this came. This comes out before Goodfellas, doesn't it? Yeah, Goodfellas was eighty. Eighty something, right? I know. I know this, guys. Goodfellas is my did favorite I, who, gangster did, movie. Captain Cat Goodfellas. Goodfellas? Yeah. But yeah. To be fair, I don't remember oh, the year of every movie. Nineteen ninety. Sorry. Yeah, okay, ten years so, later. Yeah. Because yeah. I was gonna say like. It's all all the a lot of a lot of the movie with the domestic issues like just heavily reminds me of Goodfellas, except that in this it's th- it's the primary focus along with the boxing. Whereas I feel like in Goodfellas, you know, your primary focus is the crimes and whatnot, and then it's it's there as a relevant detail. Yes, which in a way makes me I like I like the fact that the way Goodfellas does it more than this. If we're talking about things that that look at domestic violence not necessarily as the main focus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't say it copied Goodfellas because obviously it came beforehand. <laughs> so Goodfellas, Goodfellas like copied, copied this. Oh. <laughs> Goodfellas is better. Yeah. But is it? <laughs> yes. Because, yes. fun fact, yes. this film... Yes. Yes, but wait, yes. Ca- wait, yes. cat, wait, wait. Yes. <laughs> this film is... Um, Yes. Commonly noted <laughs> by like critics and industry people as Scorsese's best work. I did read that. I read um I read that in similar to the general from last week, it wasn't received well, well at the, the time, time but, but is perceived later to be an an amazing yeah, movie. And it's like yeah, it's, it's considered to be list. Scorsese's like best piece. And he's got a lot of good movies. And I can see why. Because the cinematography from uh, Michael Chapman is really, really good. The movie looks fantastic, yeah, I agree. it is shot so well. And there's so many good shots in the boxing matches. And there's just good shots of like open, like just kind of filler shots, I suppose you could say, of like open alcohol bottles next, like in the dressing rooms and like all these different other little things that just add to the story. And it looks amazing. And especially that it's in black and white. And I think the black and white was a good choice for this film and Scorsese did it like I said before for to capture the era but there was a second reason is that he wanted to differentiate it from Rocky yeah because it was just a boxing movie and he didn't want to be just another boxing movie he wanted to make a statement with this film and he did it it's not yeah. just a boxing movie and he visited he went to boxing matches to see what they were like and the biggest thing he said that stood out to him was the blood soaked rags so people were getting like these wet cloths that then slowly filled with blood as the fight went on because they were constantly getting wiped up. And then that blood was just wiped over them. And in the film, there were some great shots of those cloths getting wrung out and the blood just dripping over the boxer as the fight goes. Because, um, yeah, this was four years after Rocky. And, like, they are very different films. Yeah. 
but he wanted to like he wanted to make a boxing film that wasn't just boxing. Like he wanted they mm. like once he was on board, he was on board, and he was like, "We're doing this properly." Like it took a while for Gennaro to convince him, but once he was convinced, Scorsese did what Scorsese does, and when they went about researching it and putting it together to make it look good, but he didn't want to do like the rocket thing and just have, you know, the mindless boxer fighting and just well, not really mindless, but like. At all about the boxing, and they wanted to capture the human story behind it and why this man was so troubled and ended up in the place that he did. I am um, just to, to add, I think the film it's plain that it is a very well made and very good film, as you said. The cinematography is fantastic and it all as well successfully evokes that feeling. But I think it also plays into what you said about it's, it's a two hour movie where like. You just summed it. You yeah. summed it up in about an under a minute. Yeah, <laughs> um, it feels like it. It it's very well made, but it feels very empty at the same time. So I understand why it's a like it's a technical, it's an artistic masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. But it's also not a not narrative com- one, and not compelling yeah. for the average viewer. I think, I and think especially the average viewer in nineteen eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else was coming out in nineteen eighty? Um, while you look up that. My phone's just locked and it doesn't recognise my face. Um, speaking to oh, a, The Shining? Oh. oh. Um, nothing else that I really recognise. Airplane. Fuck. <laughs> 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 this is just around the 80s, I think. Yeah. So um, mm. we were talking about like when stuntmen get hurt and you have to include it in the film, well, there's a moment in this film where someone's rib was broken. So De Niro accidentally broke Joe Pesci's rib in a sparring scene. And it's the in really the, early one. Yeah, so it's in the film. So De Niro hits him on his side, Pesci groans, and then there's a quick cut to a different angle, which is a different <laughs> shot. But he actually like made full rib. contact and broke his rib and it was like sorry. Shit. Bloody hell. But De this Niro. is this is the film that kind of cemented Pesci and De Niro as good friends because they hadn't really done much if anything at all, together before this. Mm. And, like, they spent so much time together on this film, they became, like, best friends and it kind of, like... The lesson here is you want to make friends with your workmates, just break a rib. James, come here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, as I said, to achieve the feeling of brotherhood between the two lead actors, De Niro and Pesci lived and trained with each other for some time before filming began, ever since the two have been very close friends. No. Um, well, they better be, considering the amount of movies they've done together. <laughs> yeah, so um, Scorsese shunned the idea of filming the boxing scenes with multiple cameras. Instead, he planned months of carefully choreographed um, movements with one camera. He wanted the single camera to be like a third fighter. In the ring, so moving around with them, okay. capturing everything, and I think it's sh- like it shows. Yeah, I got that mm. vibe. Um, the sound effect for the punches landing when made by squishing melons and tomatoes, and uh, sound effects for camera flashes going off around the ring were gunshots. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's interesting. My not, God, not camera flash. I mean, I, I I know this is stand to be like, why don't you just do the thing for the sound effect? But And um, once the movie was pieced together and all this, everything was done, the original recordings of the sound tapes were destroyed by the sound technician Frankie Warner to prevent them from being used again. Hmm. 
So the only copies of them are in the film. Interesting. There you go. Very. They're pretty good sound effects. They, they are. are. And he's like, fuck you, you're not using my stuff again. Which is a bit weird because otherwise it's like more money. Yeah. But I don't know. No, he's he's an artist, Jacob. He doesn't want his art used He wants again. originality from those that come after. <laughs> um. So Joe Pesci at the time was a frustrated, struggling actor. Which is hard to imagine Joe Pesci ever yeah. being that. Um, had to be persuaded to make the film because he was about to return to a musical act that he shared with fellow actor Frank Vincent, who plays Salvi in this film. Huh. So they both came. That's nice. Um, I want to know about their musical so act. So in, yeah. in, in the famous <laughs> Joe Pesci, hit, where is it? Yeah, in the uh, Hit Me scene, um, De Niro and Pesci are actually punching each other. Like they would just like it wasn't fake punches. They just Walloping punch each other. I was gonna say because some of the fights, like he's definitely like missed that. Oh game. yeah, oh, like it's so yeah. obvious. But there's ones like that where they're just genuinely punching each other, yeah. and I'm like that's fucked. Yeah, <laughs> and like and action. Poof, yeah, no wonder he broke a rib. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. Jesus <laughs> like just. I yeah. wonder if Scorsese was like egging them on <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Be like, nah, nah, guys. Like for real, for real. Get him, Rob. <laughs> um. So De Niro was reading the autobiography of Jake LaMotta while filming The Godfather Part 2 in 1974 and immediately saw the potential for the film to make with his collaborator Martin Scorsese. It took over four years for De Niro to convince everyone, including Scorsese, to get on board for this film. Long time. Like, yeah, from 74 to 78 when it started production. Pretty long pre-production, yeah. And then finally in 78, they're like, we're we're finally doing this. Um. Yeah, so De Niro gained 60 pounds to play the older Jake LaMotta. 27 kilos. And then... Um, yeah, I appreciate that. For us Australians. For us, for everyone that's not in the United States of America. Yeah. Which is probably most of our listeners. Yeah. And uh, this record was broken. So that was the record at the time for the most weight gained by an actor to play a role. It was that's a lot. Um, Until Christian Bale. No. No. <laughs> Was broken by Vincent D'Onofrio, who gained seventy pounds for his role as Private Leonard Goma Pyle in Lawrence in um, Full Metal Jacket in nineteen eighty seven, and we will be doing that, I guess, at some point in the next thirty episodes because it's on the list and we haven't got we, there yet. We will. Um, Stay tuned. In thirty episodes. Oh, so Christian Bale mm-hmm. gained around forty pounds to play Dick Cheney. Yeah right, and then nice. I feel like he, I feel like he looks a lot fatter in that than he does normally. I feel like it would be more than that. Just Forty pounds. At, yeah. How much did? Sixty-five. Sixty-five pounds. Yeah. Is sixty-five pounds twenty-seven kilos? Fuck if I know. Pounds two kilos. Thank God for Google. What have we done without Google? I know. So sixty-five pounds is about thirty kilos. Jesus, so forty pounds is about twenty kilos. Yeah, right. Still, like, yeah, that's like a third of me. It's pretty incredible too. Like considering, that's like my leg. <laughs> and like, how hard some people like work just to do that for your personal life, and then doing it intentionally for a movie, like going back yeah. and forth. No wonder Christian Bale's like health is so like, screwed. Not great. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I read that it like really mucked with 
De Niro as well, like the weight, oh, the yeah. fluctuation in that. It's not. It's impressive, but it, I don't think it's something it's that should not be celebrated. Something, no, they just wear really, a fat they, suit, guys. They don't do it really at all anymore. Like, kind of Bale yeah. was the last one to do it, and Bale like was just like, "This has fucked me." Yeah, I'm and he never said doing he's this again. Doing again. Yeah, yeah. And like Hollywood's kind of like, let's just use CGI because we can do that now. Yeah. Like, let's just step away from or this do guys. what they did the for Chris Hemsworth in Endgame and just yeah. put the fat suit on and then just touch it up with CGI. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not an issue. Yeah. Um, so United Artists was frust- um, was very frustrated by the amount of time that Martin Scorsese took during post-production, um, thinking he was unnecessarily slow. Scorsese took unusual care than usual as he genuinely believed that Raging Bull would be his last film oh and so didn't want to compromise his vision. Um, as he neared completion, he also felt that the film was a form of cinematic rebirth for him and for that, this reason he dedicated the film to his film pro- professor from New York University, Haig um, Monaghan. Um, so with love and resolution was kind of like tagged at the end. Um, Monaghan helped Scorsese get his first film produced. So like... It's kind of like the mindset that Scorsese was in at this time with Jesus. the whole stuff. He genuinely thought he was going to die. Imagine if he just finished with Raging Bull. Yeah. We wouldn't have all these amazing yeah. movies. It's just, yeah, it's crazy Like to think like the mindset that he was in, the place that he was in. He didn't yeah. like, I'm going to be dead guy. soon. Like, this is it. So he took so much care with this film. And like he took extra care because it was De Niro, his best friend's mm. passion project, that he was yeah. like, we're gonna make this the good one, and do everything we can because like if well, you the end other up ones dead, are bad ones. Yeah, like you know, kind of like if you if your friend tries begs you for four years to make a movie, they don't want to make a shit movie. Mm. They're like, oh, sorry, sorry, mate. Maybe you shouldn't have asked. Like, begged me for four years. Um, <laughs> um. Thanks, Kat. <laughs> so rude. I love how you remember which button it was too. Um, I noted it, especially for that. <laughs> so when Jake asked Joey, so De Niro asked Pesci, did you fuck my wife? In like that kind of like scene in the movie where he's asking, did you fuck my wife? Um, Scorsese didn't think that Pesci's reaction was strong enough. So he asked De Niro to say, did you fuck your mother? Um, Scorsese also didn't tell... Pesci that the script called for him to be attacked. <laughs> so they changed it and then didn't tell Pesci what was going to happen. Oh my <laughs> Just gosh. to get like a more genuine reaction out of him. <laughs> like, that's oh. fucked up, man. Poor guy. Yeah. He really, yeah, was in the wars <laughs> so, for this um, movie. When I was watching that scene today, so we've got like construction work happening in our house and like one of our the builders was standing like just outside my bedroom door and like we're watching that scene. It's like, did you fuck my wife? Did you fuck my wife? And like Matt, the builder, being like coming like in and out, and he was just like, "Oh fuck, this is getting interesting." <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, and then like her response, like um, Pesci's response, he's just like, "I'm not going to answer that." And I was like, "So obviously you did, mm. otherwise you would have been like, no." <laughs> it's like you just kind of gave yourself up. It's yeah. like I'm not going to answer that. I don't need to answer that. And it's like, so you did. And was laughing and then, like, yeah, when he goes to – eventually, like, he goes and confronts his wife and then when he goes to, like, his brother's house and just, like, confronts him, just beats the shit out of him. We're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Get him. My gosh. Yeah. Ugh. Until he punches his wife in the face just, like, and yeah, knocks her out like cool. that. That was fucked. He was like 
um, Matt was like, did he just kill her? I'm like, oh, I think he just knocked her out, but like he's punched her pretty hard in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Do you have many more notes, Jacob? Not really. No, that's kind of it for me. Well, I suppose we should ask oh, a actually, big question. I have um, oh, okay. one more. Fa- I, have, on. I have one After more. After one more fact. Um, Jake Lamota's brother, Joseph, so Joey, sued the production for $2.5 million for the film's alleged unflattering depiction of him. He lost. <laughs> yeah, well, he, <laughs> if he's anything like his brother, yeah. then... <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So, the big question. Do, I, do, I, do you want me to go first? Would you watch this again, Jacob? Yes. Yes, I would. I genuinely, like, even though I said, you know, it drags out a bit of stuff, I did genuinely enjoy this film. I thought it was really good. It's good, good shit. Good shit. Good shit. Nice. It's fucked up as it is. It's good it's shit. It's a good movie. Cat, would you watch this again? <laughs> I love the <laughs> head flick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was looking at James and I was like, switch to you. Um, Probably not. Yeah, I fair. I enjoy a lot of other Scorsese movies that are much longer than this, a lot more. So I think I'll just stick to those. That's fair. Yeah. James, would you watch this again? I was hoping I was going to get a flick from Kat. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Wait, let me, let me do that again. James, <laughs> would you watch this again? To anyone um, listening, that's just like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> visual jokes are great on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I would not. As As I said, I can appreciate that the film is – very good technically, artistically, creatively. Um, but it's not one I enjoy watching. Um, and and like I was saying, because like for it's the general audience, I'm including myself in that. I'm my I can appreciate these, but in terms of what I actually like, I think I'm a very basic movie watcher and <laughs> the the narrative just isn't uh, thrilling to me. Yeah, I can Fair I can enough. agree that the narrative is not quite there, but I like Scorsese. Yeah. I like yeah. De Niro. I like I like this. it too, and yeah. fantastic performances. Very good yeah. looking movie. Probably there's actually there's one not so fantastic performance, which is when De Niro's character Jake confronts his wife, and like her response is just the most worst acted thing. I was like, this is stale. Yeah, this is it was not a bit good. Flat. <laughs> it was so flat. <laughs> but apart from that, I think it's like really like the only thing she really says throughout the whole film. Yeah, she's not like. But she's in a lot. Lines. She has been in a lot since then. Like, I looked at it, it was a long list on her IMDb. Good on her. So obviously she's improving. Good I mean, it's been 40 years, so. Yeah, you get better at things, I guess. She was, like, fresh out of, like, film school. Yeah. When she was in this. Like, she was, like, she discovered. Was so oh, I'll say in quotes, discovered, like, the year before. Mm. Yeah. Um. Anyway. I wonder if Nick would watch this again. At the start of next episode, let's ask him. He yeah. definitely has not watched it though. But like, uh, what do we think Nick would think of this film? He'll say no. I don't think Nick would watch it. No, I don't either. think Nick would even like it at all. No. Nick, prove us wrong I if think, you're listening. I think ones that Jacob <laughs> oh. likes and Kat and I don't, Nick also usually falls on the don't. Yeah. yeah. I'm the odd one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we could, yeah, then move on to um, what we've been watching and what we're excited for. Um, this week... I watched The Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh, is that good? Um, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. So, like, okay. I, as, as people would now know, I've been watching a lot of trial movies lately in, like, what like things any, I've mentioned the last few weeks. Any I don't know. They've just, they've just been trending on Netflix. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I haven't watched that. That looks good. And Slave I've watched to the them. the algorithm. 
And now, obviously, <laughs> like, yeah. And now, like, it's like new release. And I'm really glad for it. And I was like, huh, this has Sasha Baron Cohen in a, like, serious role. Yeah. And, like, Eddie Redmayne and stuff. Like, it was a really good cast. It's a fucking fantastic film. And, like, watch it. Just okay. please. Like, again. Yeah, I'd, I'd 100% watch it again. Like, it was fantastic. Like, it is. I'm obviously trying to be careful because we have our spoiler embargo and stuff now. It only came like a week and a half ago. But, like, it is really well made. It is a really captivating story. It is well acted. Um, it Like, it's a complete true events and it just fucking blew my mind that this happened. Mm. Like, I had no idea about what the story was, like any like, any of it. I watched the trailer for it. Yeah, I had never heard yeah. about any of this, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like, when, when is it actually set? Like the sixties or sixties? Yeah, I think it was like late sixties, early seventies. Oh yeah, because the war. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, but like, fuck me dead. <laughs> is all I can well, say. Like, the fact that it's this the pinnacle. This, of remember, the more here. swear words in Jacob's reviews, the, the better. better yeah. yeah, the better I think. Of it. But like this, the, the fact that like the series of events in this film happened in real life mm. blows my fucking mind. <laughs> like, I was just like... Okay, I'm going to go watch how? it. Now. I'm definitely <laughs> going to watch yeah. it. Yeah, so, like, highly recommend, highly recommend cool. watching that. And um, tonight, because obviously this segment's called what we've been watching and what we're excited for, and we oh, really true. touch on the excited for bit, but... Borat 2 came out on Friday and I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. So I'm going to watch it when I get home tonight. Nice. That's what I'm excited for. So I haven't I'll had a chance to watch it yet either. I'm so excited. It's going to be good. It looks so good. Like I've heard so many good things and yeah. like it's got such like a positive like reaction. I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah. So I'm going to watch that tonight. Um, That's about it for me because I just went like when we recorded last week, I was away. So I kind of like had that and didn't really have time to watch anything. And then... Oh, actually, no, I did. Did I talk about The Gentleman last week? No. I don't think so. I know. That's been on my to-watch list for ages. I can't remember if I did. Nick would correct me if I did. No, but like, you haven't. I watched The Gentleman and it was really good. Like, it, it, it's a good film. Like I, I did, I kind of it's av- got a good cast. Yeah, I kind of avoided it at the movies because I saw the trailer and I was just like, eh. Matthew McConaughey in a... Another weed, yeah. But I was centered just, yeah, movie. I was sort of like, like I saw the trailer, but the trailer doesn't sell it to like how good it actually is. Like watching it, it was like this is in like it was a captivating. Like it's it's a really good film, and now I've just realised that I'm not swearing a lot, so obviously I didn't enjoy it as much. <laughs> but no, it, it is it is a good movie. So I watched that, um, and then I worked for two days, and then I went away again. Oh my god, you have a busy social life, don't you? And then I worked for the rest of this week, and then I go away again. So. Who knows how much I'm actually going to have watched apart from Borat 2 when we record next week. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's about it for me. Um, either of you can now jump in next. Yeah. Um, so I just remembered as well, um, I think Kat brought up The Social Dilemma a few weeks, like quite a while ago. Ages ago, yeah. I, I did get Probably when we were talking about the network or something back in like the very early days. No, we watched one of us mentioned it the other week, that new Netflix documentary about um, – um, fuck! What's the word? Social, Social media, media is the word I'm trying to think of. Yeah, maybe it wasn't cat. Maybe it was. Oh, I think, I, think yeah. I, I know. I, I know. I oh, yeah, the, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of the Social Network. No, 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 no. I just whacked my mic. I have seen that too. Um, but I got around to watching that the other day, which was 
very interesting. Yeah. Um, I was annoyed. My my roommate came in at the end of it, and and just because of how the way it starts and ends, it kind of goes. You know, your typical social media is bad, yeah. and they're like, oh, blah blah blah. Boomers saying social media is bad. I'm like, no. What's this whole thing? Because I was thoroughly convinced, especially yeah. in in the middle of it. I'm still on Facebook, so obviously not convinced enough. But <laughs> I it, mean, it makes you more aware. When, when yeah, I watched it, it I was like, mindful. I'm aware of these things, and that these like that everyone owns my thing, like my information, and that like you're targeting ads to me to try and get me something, and I'm making you money by doing clicking on things and stuff. But I'm like, hey, <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Like I make a deliberate point. It's like when you Google something at the top and there's always ads at the top. Mm. So you Google like say Domino's pizza and the very first result will be a Pizza Hut ad then a Domino's ad and then it's the normal Domino's link. If you click on one of those ads, the company that's paying for that ad like Domino's or Pizza Hut has to pay for that click because they're advertising. So they get charged for an ad click. So I make a deliberate point to click to on click it. On it. <laughs> Just to be like, fuck yeah, Google have some money. <laughs> Because Google, the poor struggling yeah, exactly. yeah. company, yeah, definitely need. But like, there's like Domino's and stuff. Like Domino's is in the top ten like companies or something. Like, yeah. and Domino's, Google isn't. Yeah, but like Domino's, <laughs> I'm just like, fuck you guys. You're making people fat and dying. Google's you're just the like, one who's buying. That's the not pizza. the point. <laughs> Google's help. Google's helping the Chinese government control their. I, I'm, I should not get into that on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, we're not a political No, podcast. I mean, me and James are very political people, but this is <laughs> not the setting. I'm a political person. I've just never spoken to you about politics. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. I watched that. That was good. Um, I also, another thing that didn't have to be in black and white, but was, I watched I watched a Black Mirror episode that's my least favourite, but that um, a friend of mine hadn't watched. Um, which is have you guys watched most of Black Mirror? It's the one yeah, um, I've seen all of it. Yeah. With the robot dogs. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. Okay. It's weird. Um, I don't like it. I really didn't like it the first one. I still don't think it's great, but on on rewatch, I think because I knew the world like the world building, which is yeah. in my opinion one of the weaker parts of it. Yeah. I the, I think it starts very strongly. I think even though I knew what happened, it, it creeped me out more the second time. Yeah, um, <laughs> but still falls a bit flat towards the yeah. end of the episode. But it was—I was genuinely surprised at how much more I enjoyed it on the second. Yeah, it's probably one of the, the only watch. ones I haven't watched a second time. But mm-hmm. like, I just didn't enjoy it as much. Like some of Black Mirror mm-hmm. episodes are fucking fantastic. Oh, but, yeah, that's another thing I watched. I finished season one of the Twilight Zone, oh, like the remake, and then I've now got all, all of season two to watch. Is it good? Yeah, I'm like really enjoying it. Cool. Like it's just the last episode of season one's a bit weird. It's a bit meta, but, yeah, but that's just Twilight. Zone yeah, but you. like it's like super, like one of the uh, it's the whole like cast and crew being like on the production of like a fake episode. Mm. Obviously, because it's not like but like the episode is them making an episode and like Seth Rogen plays himself and there's a couple other people, <laughs> but then like and everyone's like their own names except for like one chick. Who has like the actress is like obviously like she's playing one of the producers and then like things happen to her. Yeah. And I'm like, this is odd. And mm. then it's been over a year I can yeah. say oh, this. Oh no, because I want to watch it. Oh. <laughs> there's just a really, no spoilers. No, there's no. just a really uncanny valley reconstruction of a person's face. Ah, oh, okay. And like a really weird CGI person. Yeah. And my like as soon as they appeared, my brain was like, "What the fuck is that?" Oh, like, look, he's swearing again. It looks 
almost it. it looks almost real. Like it is so close to being a perfect CGI person. Like it is so close. But it's just on that verge where it's not quite there. So your brain is just like uh, yeah, like I saw it and I was like, I'm really uncomfortable right now because <laughs> it's so cool. I was like, fuck, that looks almost so good to being like just a real CGI, like so almost, almost so lifelike, but just not quite, not not quite, quite there. Either. And it's just like, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't come to my nightmares. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What have you been watching, Kat? Well, um, I don't. Did I talk about the Dead Don't Die last week? No, you messaged us during the week oh, about it. Yeah. So I watched that, which was so it's pretty good. good eh? I've been telling everyone <laughs> to watch. It. I'll be. I was at work the other day. I was like, I've got a movie. I think you'll like. Yeah. And I like told them a bit. I was like, it's a bit meta. It's really good though. It's pretty funny, but yeah, so like, bloody good. The script. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's like I I know this song. I know this song. It's like well yeah, it's our theme song. Yeah. For the movie. <laughs> what did the director say? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, and then. I watched for a second time and Lockie watched for a first time Knives Out last night. Not more good so shit, yep. It was really good to watch it again and like obviously know to, like, what guess happened. Things? And yeah, he was like, oh no, like, well, Ransom obviously didn't do it <laughs> and like all this other stuff. And I was just sitting there like, <laughs> you're about to be surprised. <laughs> so that was really good. Just, yeah. Um, yeah, good all round movie. Yeah. And drum roll, please. Hold on, hold on. Which button is it? Uh, that's the bit I'm just... No, no, the... Very short drum roll. <laughs> that's not even what... It, yeah. Anyway. The I boys. finally finished The Boys Season 2. Go <laughs> <laughs> from one. There we go. Thank you, thank you. How, how many episodes has it been like? So like many. Fucking but hey, months. look. Since I'm, it started, she had... <laughs> I'm really glad that I watched it when it was all out already, yeah. so I didn't have to worry about it coming week out. By week by week, wait. But holy shit. Remember, spoiler embargo. Fuck me sideways. <laughs> <laughs> when Kat swears like that, it means she really likes yeah. it. So <laughs> It's amazing. Good. Absolutely amazing. So, so good. Like, I have no words. I'm just really glad that you guys got me onto this because it's probably – one of my favourites, if not my favourite TV show of, like, all time. Yep. And yep. that's how, me, Dart. <laughs> how long are we going to keep the spoil? Uh, so how long does the spoiler embargo apply for? Like, four months. Three, months. four months. So when, when did the boys' season two come out? When Last it finished. Sorry, when did episode. it? Like, yeah. three weeks ago. All right, so yeah. we got several months. So, yeah. in yeah. those several months, when I eventually watch this, since yes, you all rave about it. it. Oh we, my should, God. we should have, like... An episode where we just in this yes. section we just talk about yeah. the boys. Yeah, can we just do? Like we've done it with other things, haven't we? Of the boys. Probably. We, we did um, something. We talked about we Parasite a while ago. Uh, not that wasn't everyone, but I think it was like three. Like three of us had watched it that week. I, I think, think we no, we did yeah. the, we did the Academy Awards. Was it earlier in the year? We had like a big thing on that that was probably like half remember. an hour or something worth of us talking about that. We could just do a section on the like an episode yeah. of the boys. Just be like, we need up, a guys. second podcast. <laughs> catch our second podcast on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Um, oh, is that it? I think that's it. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, so um, but oh, and also I've just been watching a lot of Sunny. 
because I can't it's so great. I can't do my normal thing because you guys got, are in the room. Yeah, I've got two seasons left, and I'll probably have them done by. So, as our next listeners week. know, sometimes when Always Sunny gets brought up, you might hear me whisper, "Always Sunny sucks." But what you guys don't know is that when I do it, I mute my microphone to everyone else on our call, like everyone or the other hosts on our call, so they don't so hear we me don't do, hear it. Him do it. So they don't know I'm doing it. But like, Always Sunny sucks. Um, <laughs> I've never even seen it. <laughs> Can I just throw out one more quick thing I just remembered? Uh, the third of the albums that I was excited about, Nothing But Thieves' Moral Panic came out three days ago. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy okay, it. Okay, good. First and last songs are really fucking good. I thought you were about to say it and I was let down. I was like, no. oh, no. Listen to it yesterday. It's really bloody good. That's Go good. Listen. Um, yeah, so I guess I can rap. Yeah, yep. sick. Rap Not rap. actually like rap but like wrapping it up because it's like fuck that you can find <laughs> don't don't even don't, don't even do that <laughs> everyone just switched off no, um yeah so you can find us at watch it again podcast on facebook or instagram or you can reach us at watch it again pod at gmail.com if you want to send us an email or you can leave a review on itunes spotify iHeartRadio. Whatever Wherever else we're on, I don't even know. I find new things all the time, and I'm like, "Huh, we're on that too." Um, yeah, so just everywhere you can. Yeah, you know. Um, thank you so much for listening and whatnot, and you know, supporting us in our you know, slow endeavor of going completely fucking insane. Thank oh, you. I'm already there. Guys. My brain <laughs> has melted. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, guys, and we will catch you next week when it is Cat's turn to report. And as always, I'm your host, Jacob, and with me are... I'm Cat. I'm Nick. I'm <laughs> do, do, do him in spirit. And I'm James. And obviously, yeah, Nick wasn't here again. Unlucky, bruv. Um, hi, though. Hope work was fun today. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.